Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I am Billy Embody dropping you this podcast to get your weekend going. Thanks for listening. We've had a busy week on thebengaltiger.com. Appreciate all you guys who have subscribed already because things are beginning to move quickly on the 2023 class. We're already seeing players set visits for the month of March when that dead period ends. We're also seeing plenty of offers go out, and that's why on this edition of the podcast, we are going to begin our position-by-position breakdowns of the 2023 class, some early looks at some of the top offers that caught my eye, and we're going to do so with the quarterbacks, which we'll get to in just a minute. But first, it's been a minute, and LSU did add a new transfer edition late, really last week, early this week, in South Carolina linebacker Colby Fields. And this is one that we dropped right before National Signing Day on the Bengal Tiger for our subscribers. And at that time, I had been told that uh, the former Archbishop Rummel standout had already signed with the Tigers. And that's why he was at the top of the list for those transfers to watch with LSU. Couldn't say anything. Uh, Some things were still being worked out as far as when it was going to be announced. He had a death in his family. um, And also LSU at the time was gunning for Uh, and ended up getting five-star linebacker Harold Perkins. So the timing uh, was a little bit better for Colby and his family to announce that he was returning to Louisiana to finish out uh, his college career, hopefully in the purple in gold. Uh, And that is uh, Colby Fields coming back to LSU now, or coming back to Louisiana to finish up at LSU now. Uh, And he just wrapped up his first season at South Carolina Didn't really play much. Uh, He was somebody that uh, was kind of a tweener coming out of high school. Played a little bit of safety, played a little bit of linebacker for Rummel, uh, where LSU has had plenty of success recruiting over the years. Guys like Christian Fulton, Jamar Chase, they pulled Coy Moore out of there uh, in the past. So now they get Fields into the mix. Uh, He recorded a tackle against Florida in his uh, freshman season. And this is somebody that I think you bring in and say, okay, He's been in a college weight room for a year. You kind of know that he's going to be somebody that is uh, ready to, you know, suit up for LSU, be excited about that, and add depth at a position that really needed it um, in a way. You know, they did add Harold Perkins, Demario Tolan. Uh, they bring in uh, West Weeks through the transfer portal, and they address that position really well overall, but still. Uh, With some of the question marks I think you had with that position group, you know, can Josh White step up? Uh, What does Antoine Sampa's future look like? They needed to add some younger players into the mix to add to the competition in that room and and really step things up overall um, just because you don't know what you have uh, with those guys. And then, you know, you do have Micah Baskerville returning. You have Greg Penn in the mix. Uh, Mike Jones is back. So now that position for Matt House really looks kind of night and day um, as far as what they're going to have on the field and and who's going to be competing for spots and jobs. And so it makes sense to me from that perspective that you bring in Colby Fields, uh, a Louisiana native, keeping that Louisiana theme very, very prominent there on that side of things. Um, and so they add to the linebacker room uh, Colby Fields. He'll get here in the summer as well um, to begin competing, um, you know, with that 
with that group uh, at linebacker. So that's going to be an interesting position to see how it how it kind of pans out. Um, you know, they have some young talent that they like, but now they add Colby Fields into the mix, and it's one that makes a lot of sense. That leaves four spots left for LSU, and if I'm LSU, one, you know. They need to add a tight end. They missed on Danny Lewis. Uh, they need to add depth at that position uh, to join the likes of Cole Taylor. You know, if Jack Besh ends up playing tight end uh, a little bit more in this scheme, kind of as a move tight end, you know, split him, split him out. Kind of some of the things they already did with him last year, but maybe he finds himself a little bit more in the box uh, with uh, Mike Denbrock and Brian Kelly's offense. And then... Uh, you have uh, Cole Taylor, you had Mason Taylor, Jack Mashburn earned a scholarship, but that that room still needs depth. And so I, I think one, you're seeing, if you haven't been tracking the 2023 offers at tight end, they're going out fast and furious, seeing quite a few guys set visits as well. So that's going to be a huge position of need. But I think in the transfer portal, grabbing somebody that can contribute at a high level right away, we saw George Takis, uh, a Notre Dame tight end. He's been the number two guy there for the last couple of years. Uh, enter the transfer portal. It sounds like Boston College holds the edge there for him. But um, I do think you're going to see LSU try to find a tight end that can step up and, and you know, really bring some depth, bring some competition and talent to that position group. And that would make a lot of sense. I know they're still recruiting offensive line. They need help on that front still, uh, despite adding a good recruiting class and also two transfers in Tremont Shorts. Uh, and and Miles Frazier to the mix. Now you've got to go out and find kind of a best available offensive lineman. And so for the BengalTiger.com subscribers, we just dropped on Friday morning scoop that uh, LSU is in fact going to host a highly touted transfer on the offensive line as soon as the dead period ends. Uh, and that's something to really watch. A lot of ties there with LSU. Uh, so go out, go on and check out the BengalTiger.com. Seven-day free trial is rolling on and uh, get your info on that front. A lot of good stuff as well on the site these days, including a lot of early intel on the state of Louisiana in 2023. I dropped a lot of notes on on the top prospects in the state, things that I'm hearing, where things stand, um, maybe some offers for LSU that could potentially go out. So check that out if you haven't already. We'll continue to track things on the transfer portal front as LSU looks to fill out these last four spots. Like I said, tight end, offensive line. I could see a young running back since they missed on Trevante Citizen being in the in in play. I think you still look at safety. Uh, you could still look at defensive line. I mean, it's kind of a best available deal for LSU. Who can you bring in uh, that you know can help your team win right away and and also maybe be there for a few years and provide depth? I think after spring ball, you're going to see another wave of transfers hit the portal, and so it'll be interesting to see how LSU attacks that, but uh, continue to track it with us on TheBengalTiger.com. Moving on now, and this is where we're going to go a little recruiting heavy before finishing up with basketball. I wanted to lead off with, I mean, everybody's favorite position, quarterback. It's one of the easiest to debate. There's only one that sees the field, and LSU has Miles Brennan, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, and Walker Howard on campus. Uh, for the next uh, year at least before Miles Brennan moves on. And so the 2023 class is certainly an important one. You've got to find another player to add depth, add talent to that group, compete, all of those things uh, as this young group of quarterbacks will will soon be just two 
with with uh, Garrett Nussmeyer and and Walker Howard once Miles Brennan departs, it'll be a pretty young group in that respect. Uh, so bringing in a really talented passer would be huge for LSU. I know people are going to look at Walker Howard coming in as a five star uh, and and really you know probably deterring a top rated quarterback from coming. And I think it's all it's all dependent on who the guy is, right? I mean you know Arch Manning is somebody that LSU, for example, is going going you know and doing its its best to to get in there and 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 you know try and make waves in that recruitment um, as he begins to kind of whittle things down I think um, but you know that's somebody that is going to look to play right away for the most part you know Dante Moore uh, another five star out of Michigan could be somebody that wants to play right away that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to see which of these prospects are your day one plug and play starters uh, who and this is just how quarterbacks are. They might not necessarily shy away, but hey, what's the what's the best best path for me to see the field as well? Where can I go in and go beat somebody? That's kind of the mindset most of these elite quarterbacks have. Um, whereas you know some other situations might be a little bit tougher for them to navigate, just because there's an elite elite quarterback there, or um, you know he's still young and things like that. But LSU. Despite having Garrett Nussmeyer who played a little bit in 2021 and Walker Howard, who's highly touted, I don't know if if that's a deterrent uh, for LSU as far as quarterback recruiting goes. I think a lot of these guys nationally will will look at that room and see um, a path to potentially playing, you know, as as true freshmen. And most of these guys, it seems like, will enroll early. Uh, that's kind of the name of the game these days. And if you get that extra spring. Who knows, that get, that might give you time to make waves and, and catch up to a Garrett Nussmeyer or Walker Howard, and that's just kind of the reality of the position. So let's go down and touch on some names that have picked up offers. I'll share a little bit about uh, my thoughts on them, and, and I'll kind of share some outlook on the position. As far as recruiting goes, kind of where I kind of think LSU should go on that front. So let's spend a little bit of time on Arch Manning out of New Orleans, Isidore Newman. I mean, everybody knows him by now. Five-star quarterback, uh, elite prospect, you know, has the name, has the pedigree. He's the number one overall prospect. I think he's somebody, though, that if you're LSU, you're you're trying. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense to go ahead and swing for the fences here. Uh, and LSU has that stiff competition. You know, Texas just hired David Cutcliffe. Uh, they've been viewed as a threat. Georgia sits in a really good spot. I know that. Ole Miss, obviously, could be a factor Alabama is going to be a factor. Clemson, I mean, it just seems like the nation's best are, are without a doubt, recruiting and, and gunning for Arch Manning. And, um, you know, for what it's worth, the on three recruiting prediction machine has Georgia as the slight leader over Alabama and Texas. And actually, I kind of agree with it. You know, Texas uh, has certainly made some waves in the recruitment. Uh, again, hiring David Cutcliffe is kind of pushing the chips in. Texas, I've kind of viewed as a program that would naturally be mentioned, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's ability to develop quarterbacks, but just a program that also could very well fade. And I think, you know, they're going to pull out all the stops to try and get him. But at the end of the day, I think it's a program that could very well fade. I see Arch Manning playing in the SEC um, like his like his uncles, like his dad, or I mean, um, like, you know, like his uh, grandfather. Um, you know, it, it just it makes a lot of sense. And so I, I think Georgia is probably a program to really watch with Arch Manning. Um, there are, like I said, many, many programs in the mix. 
uh, Sam Spiegelman, uh, who just joined us as a national analyst uh, for On3, dropped some notes last week on Arch Manning and, uh, you know, really set the stage for, for, you know, his recruitment. I think LSU is going to try, but I just don't see it happening with Arch Manning. I think one of the dark horse things about it is, you know, Arch is from New Orleans. There's a lot of New Orleans kids that obviously end up at LSU. And that's a good support system when you're a kid like Arch, who's going to be as highly touted and, and, and I mean, with a $1.6 million NIL valuation, um, according to On3, I mean, the just this, and I don't even want to call it a circus because he doesn't have social media. He kind of keeps to himself as far as his recruitment goes. But it, it could be, a, I, I mean, you're going to have somebody from ESPN standing on your campus day one of fall camp looking to report on how Arch Manning did in that first day. Of, of fall camp. That's the reality of it. So I think having a good support system around him is honestly something that could go a long way here. So LSU is also recruiting Will Randall, the 2023 tight end, uh, who's buddies with with Arch. Uh, so certainly something to watch there on that front too. Um, but we'll move on to other quarterbacks. I think, like I said, LSU probably sits as a little bit of a long shot here. Another five-star prospect LSU offered uh, is Malachi Nelson. Uh, USC commit, I would put that very, very low. He decommitted from Oklahoma, went to USC when Lincoln Riley did. But another California prospect, Nico Iamaliva, 6'6", 200-pounder. When you read the bio on Nico Iamaliva, he might excite me out of all the quarterbacks more than anyone. Maybe Dante Moore, uh, just as far as his elite guys, is comparable. You know, Arch Manning as well for me. But man... uh, what a family of athletes. Uh, all of his brothers and sisters play sports at a very high level uh, in some respect, uh, most of them uh, doing so on the beach volleyball scene. And actually, he was, uh, Nico Iamaliva was a highly touted young volleyball uh, prospect coming in uh, to uh, really his high school days uh, and then you know chose to focus on uh, playing quarterback. But his brother, um, Matt, high school All-American volleyball uh, and is now at Long Beach State. His sister playing volleyball at Cypress College. I mean, this family um, just has a, you know, a a really, um, you know, unique athletic story. Um, His mother had uh, stage four breast cancer at the end of 2020 and uh, the community really rallied to raise thousands of dollars to support, support her in that fight. So, I mean, just a kid that you look at on paper and you're, you're, you're rooting for. Um, that being said, LSU did enter the mix here. He's got a lot of the elite programs in the country after him. Oregon holds the on three recruiting prediction machine uh, favorite spot right now over Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. Uh, he's made a lot of visits over the over the fall. So um, somebody that you know I think wants to get to LSU and um, really uh, is going to take a natural uh, national approach. Uh, to his recruitment, um, and LSU is is the latest to to offer him. Uh, he's somebody that sits in the top, you know, thirty two spots for those five star uh, rankings. Not only on the on three consensus, but on three, he's a top ten prospect for on three. Um, I mean, just elite uh, in my opinion. So he really excites me. He's somebody that obviously with the West Coast ties, just kind of where he's at. I think you got to get him on campus for a visit before you really feel even good about LSU having a decent chance there. But one program, one uh, player that I will say 
LSU would have a decent shot at here. Uh, Dante Moore out of Detroit, Michigan, the Martin Luther King standout, another elite quarterback prospect in line to be a five-star as it stands right now. He picked up an offer and Joe Sloan was up there to see him during the recruiting evaluation period. Uh, And he was offered a scholarship before he even played a snap of varsity football. Uh, He was an eighth grader. Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh comes along with the offer. Uh, He's been trained by former Michigan quarterback Devin Gardner uh, since he was 11. So, I mean, this is a quarterback prodigy. Uh, He uh, spent time with Tom House, who coached Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Carson Palmer, and others. I mean, this this kid has it all uh, as well. You know, some of the like some of these um, top quarterback prospects. Uh, And I think if you're looking at things right now, I mean, Michigan is a huge, huge uh, favorite here for a lot of reasons. You know, keep him at home first to offer. Um, Michigan State could make some waves here. Notre Dame was really recruiting him hard um, when Brian Kelly was there as well. So I, I think they're they're a school to watch as he, you know, comes through for those spring visits. He took a lot of visits um, and did stop in at LSU uh, last summer. I'm 99.9 percent sure. Um, and and so I think he's somebody that if he comes through and is really impressed by. Uh, the way the program is run, like he was uh, with with Notre Dame, uh, this is one where maybe you see him, you know, including LSU near the top, and they can make some waves. Uh, I think the big thing that I've seen from a lot of kids is them, especially after this off season, with all the um, changes of high level coaches, uh, they're they're taking a, a really patient mature approach. Uh, I've seen this from Dante Moore. Um, when we talked with Nicholas Harbor, that elite defensive end um, out of out of uh, the DMV area, I mean, they all said, you know, coaches have to do what's best for them. Um, and, and so they really want to take that mature approach to, okay, I need to find um, the right, the right school, need to make sure that it checks all my boxes. And so I think that's something where we're going to see some of these elite guys maybe take a little bit more thought to um and and maybe that that is something that helps you know limit some of these quarterback transfers down the stretch in a way or not down the stretch but in the future just because they have taken this more so into account I mean just think about this you know Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh interviews for the Minnesota Vikings job the day before National Sign Day pretty wild obviously ended up staying but still um so Dante Moore uh somebody that LSU's on and and wouldn't surprise me if he ends up visiting Moving back over to California, Jaden Rashada, really talented prospect out of uh, the state of California and, and somebody that added an offer. Um, I think he's really somebody that you want to see develop a little bit more as far as completion percentage. Uh, again, a highly rated prospect on the on three consensus, but um, you know, comes out 27 touchdowns, five interceptions, a big improvement from his sophomore year when he was splitting time uh, early on. His father played at Arizona State. Uh, they're going to be a threat. Oklahoma, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, all in the mix for him. Um, and they're going to try to obviously host him for a visit and and show him a little Southern hospitality out there uh, in Baton Rouge. And Penn State uh, and Ole Miss are the leaders on the on three recruiting prediction machine right now for Jaden Rashada. Oregon right there as well. Uh, a top 50 prospect on the consensus and, and somebody that 
uh, is going to be interesting to see his development in his senior year. I'd love to see him take a huge step forward just in that completion percentage and, and things like that. And a couple quarterbacks that I think it's a good time to maybe, uh, as you look in that top 100 range, maybe put push a little bit of a pause on. Obviously, Jackson Arnold, Denton Geyer quarterback, just committed to Oklahoma. He was a new offer. Seemed like the Sooners really had the edge. And sure enough, they went ahead and got his commitment shortly after offering. Uh, so he's, I would say, fairly off the board. Dylan, Dylan Lonergan, uh, somebody that Joe Sloan went and saw, he wants to play baseball and football. Uh, I talked with him for a story. LSU baseball hadn't really been in contact lately, so I think you can scratch him off the list uh, until baseball picks things up. And even then, it's really hard to play baseball and be a quarterback. I mean, Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston are really the only two as of late. I think T.J. Uyunglelea uh, does it at Clemson as well. Um, but just what a what a difficult task to to do. And um, you know, if LSU baseball isn't recruiting Dylan Lonergan that hard, then uh, that's one you can kind of scratch off your list. Texas A&M quarterback commit Eli Holstein right out of Zachary. I think he's somebody that, with where Texas A&M A&M is at, uh, adding Connor Wegman in this class. I think he could be open to taking some visits elsewhere. I saw him at Alabama for the Alabama LSU game, uh, standing there with some recruits. He was actually there with Quincy Wiggins, uh, who's on a visit there as the Tigers played, played the Crimson Tide. And so I think he's somebody that you could see maybe a flip income. And I think Alabama, if they end up looking at Arch Manning and saying, you know what, we got to make a move one way or the other on their quarterback room, Eli Holstein could be somebody that I think that the tide could go in on. And LSU, uh, with this new staff, maybe this changes, but he did not camp under the old staff. Uh, I would limit, I would, I would probably lower expectations on any move being made at this point until something like that happens. But um, it is worth noting, I think Eli Holstein does have his ear open a little bit to other opportunities. So uh, then rounding out the elite prospects in that top 100, uh, Christopher Vizina. Uh, that one doesn't roll off the tongue completely well, but out of Birmingham, Alabama, top 100 prospect here. Uh, the on three recruiting prediction machine favors Clemson heavily here, but Notre Dame was in the mix for him. And I think uh, it makes a lot of sense for for Clemson to to land somebody like this. I mean, they just seem to really, really hit it off on the visit. Uh, I believe he got some predictions as well following that visit. Um, yes, he did. And so I think that's one where you really need to watch uh, Clemson. But LSU did offer. They went and saw him. Um, he's, I think, somebody that's on the rise. Uh, a really, really talented prospect. Uh, you know, like I said, visited Clemson. Tennessee um, got him for their junior day visit. Um, Ole Miss is in the race. And I think he's somebody that you could see drop as a domino pretty quickly once some of these schools kind of feel their way out with Arch Manning, especially. Um, but like I said, Christopher Vizina um, out of Briarwood Christian there in Birmingham, top 100 prospect, top 10 quarterback, uh, is somebody that holds an LSU offer. And then Ricky Collins out of Baton Rouge Woodlawn held an offer under the previous staff. I think he's somebody that they're going to want to see camp a little bit more. He's committed to Purdue. Um, and, and would be a good camp option for LSU on that front. So that kind of wraps it up for the most part right now on the 2023, 2023 quarterback 
recruiting board. Uh, if I miss somebody, I'm sorry, we'll have plenty of time to run this down uh, for the most part. Uh, as LSU does, you know, get a chance to really evaluate where things stand, you know, certainly we'll see um, maybe some some spring evals, some guys on the board, uh, maybe get another look. But right now, that's kind of the, the group, I would say, right now, uh, as far as LSU and who they're recruiting, who they're checking in on. Um, so I did want to run that down for you guys. We'll start doing this uh, more and more, of course, on the Bengal Tiger podcast uh, as, you know, the spring, um, you know, goes through and, and, and the board becomes more clear on these positions. But I do want to do these high-level kind of rundowns with you guys um, and, and, and kind of share with you guys, um, you know, what what the board looks like, kind of some early thoughts. But I, I think right now it's tough to pick one, you know, for LSU. If I had to, you know, gun to my head, had to do an early prediction piece, uh, that would be really tough. And, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, some thoughts together on, uh, just the quarterback board overall and, and the 2023 class and, and do a prediction piece at some point uh, this month, maybe in a couple weeks. Um, but that is a position that right now, there, do, there doesn't really seem like there's a clear-cut guy on that front uh, for LSU. So we'll continue to, continue to monitor it. Um, but I, I would say, I mean, if you're LSU, I think you swing for the fences. You guys like Nico Iamaliva, Dante Moore, um, Arch Manning and, and see where the chips fall. I mean, the good thing is you do have Garrett Nesmeyer, you do have uh, Walker Howard on campus, and you can always address through the transfer portal with a younger quarterback or somebody to you know, come in and compete right away uh, with those guys in the spring of 2023. So with that, we're going to wrap up the podcast pretty quickly with some thoughts on basketball. Uh, the Tigers went on the road and finished the sweep during the regular season with Texas A&M getting a win over the Aggies. Xavier Pinson returned. Alex Fudge was nicked up. He didn't play. But the big news was Pinson returning to the Tigers. That offense, that team just looks so much more at ease when he's on the floor. Uh, and certainly, you can really see that in the way they played. They get the win. They face Mississippi State uh, now Saturday night um, at home in the PMAC. A chance to really start building momentum back on the stretch uh, or down the stretch, I should say, they get Georgia next, they get South Carolina, um, and then they go at Kentucky uh, in a midweek Wednesday, February 23rd. So, and then they're into that, again, stretch run uh, before the SEC tournament begins in Tampa, March 9th through the 13th. So, I think getting Xavier Pinson healthy, I mean, if they can keep him down the stretch healthy, I mean, that that's just the biggest thing. That really needed to happen for this team. Uh, you can tell they're more at ease. Uh, and even when he was off the floor in those spurts uh, in the game, you can you can you could tell um, that it that it was just different uh, for LSU. So, um, and I thought Will Wade managed his minutes well, got him off the floor, get him a breather at the right time, things like that. Um, but um, LSU uh, gets the win over Texas A&M this week. Um, and then on the women's front, they just picked up a win over number 17, Georgia, 73-67. So shout out to Kim Mulkey's Tigers for doing that as well. And then they face Texas A&M on the road Sunday. So be sure to check that out on the SEC Network Plus. With that, guys, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. We thank you guys for listening. Hope this is a good one to get you through the weekend, maybe running some errands or things like that, toting the kids around. Be sure to give us a follow, give us a rating, review. Let us know what you, you want to see on the podcast. We're going to do a mailbag edition here pretty soon. Pretty excited about that uh, for our 
um, Bengal Tiger subscribers to ask questions. If you aren't on thebengaltiger.com, check us out. Use that seven-day free trial. We hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy some basketball, and we will check in with you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast.